Hey, what's up, everybody? Craig Smoke, Sikkim365.com with a rapid reaction podcast as, well, it's Groundhog Day again. TCU 42, Baylor 17, the final score on Saturday afternoon in Fort Worth as Dave Aranda and the Bears now have just one week remaining, one game remaining in the 2023 season. 3-8 and eight overall, 2-6 and six in conference play, and West Virginia heading to Waco next Saturday. Meanwhile, TCU 5 and 6 overall 3 and 5 in conference play and they will have a crack at a bowl game next week at Oklahoma because they won today otherwise their season was going to be over next week as well but hopes remain alive they also get their fourth straight victory in this series and they won a bunch of them here recently beyond just those four in a row um, and they get bragging rights and I'm sure it's a special night for their offensive coordinator in particular among other staff members, but enough about them. This was a really tough watch, particularly in the second half. I thought that Baylor created some opportunities early on, didn't necessarily capitalize on all of them, but they were competitive. The energy was good. We talked so much about fast starts at various points. that There was a fast start. Not the opening drive, mind you, but after that, your defense got you a couple of incredible stops after giving up the you know the field to TCU's offense. I mean, getting the forced fumble, Cooper lands, uh, forcing the fumble of Amani Bailey down near the goal line. Caden Jenkins recovering it. You get the ball back. You go score on a on a nice drive despite some missed opportunities of your own, and you got a seven nothing lead. So forget that opening drive, man. You you bounce back. You create a turnover, and then. Boom! You get a huge fourth down stop down at the goal line after TCU's taken double-digit plays and driven down this long six-and-a-half-minute drive. You're able to turn them away with a fourth down stop. And then there was the rest of the game. And beyond that, you weren't able to take advantage, obviously, of that second defensive stop. And they would tie you up and then take the lead and, and never really look back. I mean, Baylor uh, was only down 14-10 to 10 at halftime. It was 21-17 after both exchanged opening touchdown drives in the second half. But uh, after it was 21-17, uh, the defense couldn't get off the field. The offense couldn't muster up anything else. And that was all she wrote. It was complete domination by TCU from mid-third quarter on as they went on a 21 to nothing run to win by 25. Just another blowout loss, another bad loss to TCU, another just bad loss in general, and another game that just feels all too much the same, like deja vu, uh, like Groundhog Day. And this right here, I feel like I'm just repeating the same things already, but just wait, there's more. Uh, this team could not get off the field on third downs. The offense was hard to watch for the most part. Some questionable decisions uh, made at times. I don't really want to criticize the coaches because I, I do not know what it's like to be in their shoes, but there are certain plays called where you're just like, what are you doing? Like Even I know that that's just, I get it. You question it. If it would have worked, nobody questions it, but I, I, I don't know, man. Like there, There's just certain calls at, at times that are frustrating. Um, couldn't get off uh, the field on fourth downs, or third downs, excuse me. And that was uh, probably the most damning statistic of all of them today was the inability by the Baylor defense or of the Baylor defense to be able to get off the field as TCU went a silly 9 of 11 on third downs. They were 0 for 2 on fourth downs. I mentioned a big 
goal line stop, one of those, but 9 of 11 on third downs. That was one of your stories of the game. Uh, For a proud Baylor secondary, really the run defense has been the biggest issue. Uh, TCU threw for 431 yards. They only ran for 100. So that was a, a weird difference in you know, typically what we've seen. And it wasn't an empty 431 yards. I mean, they ended up scoring 42 points. So got the uh, the juice was worth the squeeze there for uh, TCU, but uh, just really dominated in the, the passing game. And Baylor's defense struggled with that. And that was a big part of not being able to get off the field and that 9 of 11 on third down uh, outcome. And uh, yeah, it was just a, another tough day at the office. Felt like you gave TCU some short fields with uh, your your decisions at times, and they certainly capitalized on that. You gave them extra opportunities, not being able to get off the field, and what felt like a game where you at least needed to look good. You did that early on. You did that for like two and a half quarters, and then you know by the end of the game, you're walking away and kind of feeling like this is exactly the way you felt after every game, or at least that's the way I'm feeling. I hate. Uh, the biggest uh, gut punch, I think, for this game, other than just the the streak that TCU's on and the fact that Baylor slips a little bit further down, is that Blake Shapin got banged up. I uh, hated to see him go out injured. Dave Aranda said in the post game they were looking at a possible head injury and a possible chest injury. So if you see Sawyer Robertson out there next week, don't be surprised by that. Not not saying that's the case. We'll know on Monday how good or bad the odds are for Blake Shapin to return and play in the final game of the regular season. But that's now a situation to monitor because unfortunately he took a lot of punishment again today. Looked like he might have gotten hurt to the point of maybe leaving the game uh, once or twice earlier. But uh, ultimately, uh, there late in the second half, uh, he gets dinged up again and uh, just had nothing left uh, after taking a big hit. So uh, we will see. He was obviously frustrated. Uh, Aranda was frustrated, but I know you're tired of hearing about that. Haven't listened to the full post game yet. Haven't brought myself around to doing that. I did listen to the radio, uh, internet, uh, post game interview and it was just a lot of the same and it didn't inspire confidence and it didn't make you feel like this was anything other than just kind of the same thing and that you're rolling into next week with just a building frustration, more and more questions and I think everybody just wondering when, how, and what those answers are going to be uh, when the time comes here in the in the coming days. I mean, there's one week remaining in the season. You're going to have to act fast with whatever the plan is to get this ship righted with the portal opening up. Uh, we know how quickly Aranda's reacted when it's come to coaching changes. It's the holiday season. I don't like dwelling on it, but it's a fact of life and it's a part of the job. And uh, not everybody gets paid a lot of money. I keep that in mind. Not everybody's getting paid like high-level OCs and DCs and all that, um, but it is a job you have to perform. And you know where does where does that come down uh, in this particular iteration of Baylor football? What are we looking at? I think there's it's safe to assume everything from the top on down. I thought they really needed to have a good showing, and again they did for about two and a half quarters. They looked okay to good, maybe even at times, but it was just such a bad finish that by the end. 42 to 17. There's no way to spin that as a positive, especially against your rival, especially when it's just become the the kind of regular thing uh, all year long and and more of the the same types of outcomes that we've seen. It's really tough, but yeah, shaping getting hurt 
the offense in general is just really hard to watch. And I don't know what's going on. The Richard Reese thing, no carries whatsoever for him today. Still unexplained. That's bizarre. Did think you had like some things here and there that you can at least be positive about from Dom Richardson or, you know, Dawson Pendergrass, Jake Dabney certainly, but like again, that's more deja vu and more of kind of the same thing. So it was more the same thing. Like those guys had kind of cool, kind of okay single performances, but as a team, it uh, it didn't add up. And ultimately, the offense just can't hold up blocks. They they can't protect uh, as much as they need to be able to, or give enough time. And it's just it's making things really really hard to execute, really hard to watch, and then. In moments where you do have opportunity, maybe that's when some of the head scratchers in terms of what you're doing uh, come into play. Uh, but defensively, that's where I think the the really, uh, I guess, most painful side of this thing came was the fact that you were not good uh, when it came to defending the passing game today. TCU throwing for a whole lot of yards as Josh Huber goes for 412 on 24 of 29 passing. Sheesh. Uh, two touchdowns for him. 24 of 29 for 412, averaging nearly 15 or a little over 14 yards a, a pass. Two touchdowns. The secondary has mostly been the strength. It's been the running game that's been uh, more of an issue to defend. Only 100 yards on the ground. Well, when you're throwing for 431, I guess you didn't have to run for that much. But uh, the secondary got, got toasted a little bit today. Uh, way outweighed or way outgunned when it came to explosive plays. TCU hitting way more explosives and big plays than you were able to hit today where you had at best a handful uh, of your own and could not get off the field on third down. Uh, that was the, the biggest, most glaring issue of the day was the inability by the defense to be able to get off the field on third down, and that tied into the passing game and the 400-plus yards in, in a variety of different ways. But an offense that had a quarterback playing really hard and was able to do a couple of things kind of okay – uh, eventually, he's hurt by the end of the game and out for maybe next week. We don't know. And then a defense who couldn't get off the field, couldn't keep your quarterback on the field, couldn't get your defense off the field. That was kind of the name of the game for Baylor today. And again, a lot of that uh, pretty much the same in some ways, but not the part about getting toasted as much as you did uh, back deep. There were some positives today, and hear me out here, or just this week, I should say. There were a couple of positive developments, because I, I, we don't need to break this game down. You know what it is. You know how it went. You know the result. You know there's there's one more game to go next Saturday against West Virginia. And then it's the offseason. And how soon, like how quickly we start to see offseason deci- decisions, I don't know. But that's all what we're focused in on at this point, because that's what matters the most at this point. Yes, you want to send your guys out on senior day as best as possible, and yes, that will still remain a focus, and yes, that needs to be front and center, but let's face it, big picture, you have to start making moves now, and they really started that this past week with the NIL commitment that Colt Barber reported on. That's a great step forward, that they're reorganizing and getting things into better shape as far as NIL, knowing that that's an area they're really going to have to attack and and utilize this offseason. Uh, also, Caden Jenkins, after kind of teasing a mysterious decision, and you know, like had he announced he was going to the transfer portal, I don't think people would have been shocked. But right before the game, he announces his intentions to remain at Baylor, and so you got a couple of dips. But again, those are for next year. Caden coming back is for next year. Nil stuffs for next year, and so I think all of our brains now with one week to go are 
focused on next year, but just what are the plans and what does that look like and who is involved and and all of that is is where my brain's at now because I think we know what we need to know and we know the story of this 2023 team. I hope for their sake they can close out on a strong note, but uh, at best they're going to be four and eight or they're going to be three and nine. Either way, it's a disappointment. No way to, to slice it any differently. And it's been a long season. And there's something to kind of like what I said last week about, you know, kind of looking forward to it almost. I know that that's not the greatest thing in the world to say, but I'm not the players or the coaches. From an outside observer's point of view, I'm ready to start seeing what changes are going to be made, just being brutally honest about it. And I think most people out there listening probably are as well. It's nothing against the players, but, man, this has been such a uh, a drag of a season that uh, today was just a little bit more salt in the wound. And it's just maddening how long this TCU uh, one-sided nature of this rivalry has gone on. Uh, no matter what you want to call the rivalry. But they get the big win today. Can't get off the field on defense. Can't stay on the field and capitalize and convert and execute on offense. Can't keep your quarterback healthy there at the end. And that's the the big storyline to look at at the start of next week, obviously, is whether or not Blake Shapin will be able to play. Um, gave the other offense short fields with your decision-making and your execution uh, did not finish strong at all, but hey, you started fast, and uh, <laughs> there was that. And hey, Drake Dabney had a, a nice enough game, and hey, you got a couple of big stops on defense early on. But you know, in terms of building off those things, there's only one game to build into, and now it's all about, as much as anything, building beyond that. What does that look like? What type of construction materials are we talking about here? Who are the architects of that? And you know what I mean, uh, because I think had this been a down-to-the-wire game, I feel pretty confident that everything would remain status quo as head coach, but being as lopsided as it was, certainly not anticipating a Thanksgiving week announcement and not anticipating anything in general, like changes are coming, there's no doubt about that. But whether Dave Aranis is at the helm of those changes or not, I think remains as much in question and perhaps even more so as a result of how that game went, going from being... 14 to 10 at halftime to uh what was it at one point uh 24 what was it at the uh in the third quarter I'm trying to think 21 17 uh at one point and then 21 nothing run just deflated the balloon entirely so you were about a quarter and a half away from being at least respectable but that's also not trying to in any way uh, say that there there was a moral victory that could have been had. That's not the case at all, especially not against TCU, and especially not at this point of the season. But in terms of just being competitive from start to finish, you weren't able to, to complete that, that four-quarter showing, and I think as a result, you add fuel as opposed to maybe throw a little water on the fire. So we'll see how the coming days go. I know the tension is growing and the dissatisfaction and in some cases, the anger, certainly the disappointment. Um, it's been a long season. It's been a tough season, but there's just one more week to go, and we'll have uh, all the angles of it as best we can on the radio show and, and on the website. But I don't have a whole lot more to say other than just a, another disappointing showing, but really more of what we've seen all season long, maybe just a couple of tweaks here and there. And it is what it is at this point. And the interesting part is what's to come 
here and how do they close this thing on out while also kickstarting what should be a very eventful offseason. So we'll all stay tuned for that and locked in for that as the time comes. But that's all I got for now. More details over the next few days, more breakdowns and uh, general conversations about what all this game had in store, plus the the outside, off-the-field things as well. Uh, but until then, enjoy your weekend. This has been the Rapid Reaction Podcast on Sikkim365.com.